And this. Wait, when do I come in? Is a check. Wait, what is this? <laughs> it's not a check. Hi, I'm Ashley. And I'm joining this. Wait, when do I come in? Is a Weird Friends production. <laughs> Welcome to the Challenge Yourself podcast. Two friends, one in mental health and one in public health, decided to get together in the midst of a mind blowing pandemic. To bring you short but mighty daily messages to lift and encourage your spirit. Tune in. Yep. And challenge yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Welcome to the uh-huh. challenge. <laughs> okay, one more time. I should. Well, welcome to the Challenge Yourself <laughs> podcast. Those of you, now we're in six countries and Puerto Rico, too. Uh-huh and several other places so (laughs) wherever you are in the world you're listening to this today's episode is our brain and body weekly we do our update on the brain and the body coming from a mental health and a public health health. viewpoint and so we're (laughs) excited to bring this to you we try to have a little tad of seriousness every week sometimes we can maintain it other times not but that's okay because you know this podcast is for encouragement for laughter Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. everything in between and so i am excited to be here with you today and ashley i know you are too we've missed you guys i don't how have we missed them I don't know. Well, we've missed talking to you, I guess. Man, we just said something to them yesterday. Oh, well, hey. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you in the span of a few hours. We did. There we go. There we go. (laughs) That's just, you know, it just shows how much we appreciate you all out there. Yes. Go into this brain and body update today. Exactly. All of you out there in uh, podcast land. All of you who have been faithful listeners, thank you. That's why you should always send us an email. You know, let us know what you're thinking. Challenge yourself at gmail.com. That's the name of our podcast. It's so easy at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voice message on literally on (laughs) anchor.m. No, it's not (laughs) anchor.m. anchor.fm slash bold standards you can leave us a voice message leave us a question leave us a comment um just don't leave us anything about anything going on with like the political scene because y'all yeah no we're not we're 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 not we're 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 encouraging and we're trying <laughs> to find disinfectant wipes. We're, we're trying to get here, gloves and masks, right? Listen, it's called survival day to day. So that's a part of your brain and body weekly today, that's okay? Happening. Survival in your day to day. And right. so all the other trials and tribulations of the world, hmm. let's let's try to find some light, please. That's right that's right let's just try to find some light so that being said i'm gonna go on and and go forth and prosper all right brain all right so this is your mental health update uh and i am bringing this from the new york times with that being said Uh (laughs) after i just 
said nothing political. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the New York Times is fake news. So oh, oh, um, no. take this with a grain of salt. Oh, <laughs> Those of you who have heard that uh, when I was a journalism major way back in the day before I went into psychology, mm-hmm. I would read, you know, five to six newspapers a day. The New York Times being one of them, Washington Post. Um, my local papers, of course, and uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mm. So I was always reading. Mm. And New York Times is still one of my um, favorite places to just get really interesting information, mm. uh, really up-to-date news. So thank you to the New York Times for this article mm. I'm about to read to you today. <laughs> it's by Anna Goldfarb interesting name see i'm all, when i bring an article ah! <laughs> oh oh no are you okay brain is your brain okay <laughs> so i had a moment there uh anyway i'm back everybody <laughs> oh my well. see this Ooh. is why you should just roll with it don't try mm. to make it perfect Some people out there try to make their stuff all perfect sounding. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Lean with it, rock with it. That's it. So the New York Times published an article and it hasn't been that long. It's actually about a month out, right? So on June 2nd, Anna Goldfarb wrote an article uh, that was published entitled, Should You Reach Out to a Former Friend Right Now? And I've been talking a lot about relationships. And I think that one of the reasons why is because we're in this season still of social distancing. At least some of us are. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Others have decided to do something a little different. Um, Mm -hmm. We uh, are promoting preventive measures to flatten the curve of the pandemic. And that, that includes social distancing and that includes washing your hands still. Yes. And that includes your preventive mask and things like mm-hmm. that. So we are actually still promoting that. And I hope and I challenge other podcasters and those listening to mm-hmm. to continue that as well. No matter where you are, no matter how you may feel, still do the right thing, not only for yourself, but for others around you. So yes. That being said, one of the things that's happening is we are missing the art of the connection right now. The the Mm -hmm. connections are just a little bit less, well, connected, right? Yeah. Because everybody's kind of doing their own thing and Mm -hmm. having to be at the house, not able to really connect except virtually for a lot of people or over the phone or text or what have you. Mm -hmm. And while it was cute to zoom a lot and people were liking the 43 minutes of zoom, which I have a professional zoom. I don't, I don't, I don't deal with that. Oh, oh, let's let's get off. Let, oh, let me sign back in now. Get my oh, my, my, my yeah. People are doing that, wow. and I, I, you know, it's, it's cool. But Zoom was never built for like a WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger functioning where you're, yeah. you know, on video like that. But anyway, long story short, people are using Zoom or using whatever way they can to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Anna wrote this article, Should You Reach Out to a Former Friend? And she talks about, yes, and it is understandable. 
It's mm-hmm. understandable to want to rekindle some of those friendships from before. And when we get into places of isolation, when we're feeling vulnerable, a lot of times what happens? We start looking back through old contacts, which yeah. obviously we did not delete. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back through old emails. Uh, we scroll back through our old social media connections that we probably forgot were still there. Mm-hmm. And we determine, mm, you know, maybe I should reach out. I mean, I'm really not doing that much right now. Mm. You know, some people weren't doing anything. And they, you know, their jobs were closed down or they were working remotely and they just found that they had a lot more free time. And so, you know, Anna talks about that and having this feeling and this pull to connect with people that maybe you haven't talked to in a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you may be around people that, you know, you know, maybe you're quarantining or at home with family members or mm-hmm. children or around or what have you, but still you feel the sense of loneliness. And that's where she begins to discuss this idea of reaching back to those former friends and whether or not okay. uh, you should do that. Um, some of us had truly intimate relationships prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, that may, that may have ended. Um, maybe there are, you know, ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends from high school that people you know started rekindling on facebook right Mm -hmm. so there was this whole idea that we may be more open at this point she says to revisiting relationships that may or may not be good for us Mm -hmm. and a lot of that comes out of that social distancing where um there's a lot more openness whereas we may have been more regimented when we were having the eight to five when we were working you know and really working hard when you're under a remote working kind of environment there's like a more lackadaisical look at the day and the next thing you know you're scrolling through old conversations on text message you're scrolling back and looking back and and she also says you may also be feeling more bold during the pandemic Mm. um, being aware of your own mortality the fact that you know we're not going to be here forever a lot of people have passed away um, hundreds of thousands right have passed away now from the pandemic and a lot of people um, are are aware and that psychological concept is called Mm. mortality salience it makes us want to pull closer to people and Mm. so you know rejection isn't as scary she says because Mm. you you, the need the desire for connection Um, and then a lot of other people may be looking to rekindle because of comfort of just wanting that sense of comfort Mm -hmm. Um, when you're feeling stressed and uncertain Obviously, we want to reach out for what feels comfortable. Mm. And so when you're connecting with old friends, and you're having those conversations, maybe it's someone that you remember made you feel good, made you feel alive when you had com- communication and connection, mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I want to feel that in the midst of everything going on. And so totally get it. Yeah. Um, but... She says, however, I love the howevers, the buts, <laughs> oh, because yeah. there's always a but. Mm-hmm. 
Before you reach out, you should think about what your intentions are. And I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, even, even, you know, when I'm speaking with clients or what have you, I think of those things. I ask people, well, what are your intentions? Or what, what's your rationale behind that decision or that behavior? Yeah. And so, you know, she says in here, do you want to just say a quick hello? Do you want to have a deep dive catch-up session? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to re-enter each other's lives more fully? What's what's the point? And and yeah. why did you lose touch in the first place? Yeah. Identify that too. Get back to the root. Did it officially or unofficially end? Like, for example, some of you never got closure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people started digging and diving back into these relationships because they didn't receive closure. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason to keep in mind. And so do some research. You know, uh, you can even get on your your former friend's social media if they're if they're not private. <laughs> you can get on their social media and see how much they've been affected by the pandemic or, or what's going on in their lives um, yeah. before just, you know, stepping out there to say something. Maybe they're not working. Maybe they have lost, uh, maybe they've lost family mm-hmm. members and you need That's to get a true. clear picture first. And so mm. the other thing she says here is why we need to kind of proceed with caution. That's what the mm-hmm. yellow light is for. Mm-hmm. Is that not every friendship is a good one or was a good one. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we're starting to reach out to people who were toxic. Mm, you need good. to keep in mind that if you had a codependence on someone if, mm. if it was you know a one-sided relationship where you were doing all the work if it was unhealthy yeah then you know really you probably need to not only proceed with caution you may just need to stop where you are yeah. remind yourself of the chaos that you came out of mm. we're in the midst of uncertain times why would you want to add more of that back to your list? Well, but maybe they've changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they have. But why do you need to know that right now? That's true. Right now, you need mm-hmm. to be concerned with your own personal care and self-care. And so, you know, if there were positive relationships that made you feel valued, like mm-hmm. loyalty or trust, things mm-hmm. like that, then, okay, you know, reach out. Why not? Even if the friendship didn't end great, if Mm -hmm. you remember some positives, it's okay to say hello. Mm -hmm. You know, perhaps you heard someone was personally affected by the virus and you want to check in. That's okay. That's okay to do that. People tend to be more forgiving, according to the author of this article, Uh when they see others approaching with good intentions. That makes so sense. don't worry about what you're saying, you know, don't worry about always trying to find the perfect thing to say. Sometimes it's just reaching out and that's okay too. Now, some mm. of you are going to use this and say, well, that's a rationale for me to reach out to my ex. Not always. <laughs> Remember what I said, be very careful because mm. you need to proceed with caution. Some relationships are dead for a reason and they need to stay dead and so also remember reaching out doesn't have to be calling on the phone or texting you can send a card (laughs) if you have their address (laughs) you can send a well-written email Mm -hmm. you can do those things too Mm -hmm. and so just keep in mind 
if you're wanting to repair a rift, if you're interested in, you know, righting some wrongs, getting some closure, um, you know, make sure that you know your intention and that you're able and willing to communicate uh, those intentions as well. Mm. And so I think that those are important things to know. I think it's important right now for our mental health, for us to maintain really good connections and mm-hmm. for us to start to not cancel culture. It's not canceling people, but it is really, really distancing yourself from people who make you feel like crap. Let's just be real. That's true. Okay. So, you know, I think that you have to look at these things, particularly right now at this time, um, and really give yourself grace because, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are going to be times where you feel like reaching back but you still got to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so should you reach out to a former friend right now? Eh, Proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about your intentions and then, you know, also make sure that you're not reaching back to anyone who made you feel crappy or made Mm -hmm. you feel like you were the problem all the time. Okay. Mm. All right. So that I think is important for our mental health today so that's your mental health moment of the brain and body update because let's let's do right by our brains that's we have a intense amount of cortisol being secreted because of stress related factors and so the last thing you want to do is create more of the same for yourself by inviting someone that needed to stay dead in your life okay and i don't mean that to be morbid i'm talking about dead as in we're not talking anymore all right so that's that that was a good one joy yeah you know new york times anna goldfarb i I think you look it up june 2nd uh, she wrote the article And Mm -hmm. I think that that's an incredible one to keep in mind. Those Mm -hmm. of you who are on the fence or have maybe even started talking to someone and are starting to feel some of those same old feelings Uh that you said you did not want to feel. Sometimes you just need a reminder. That's right. That's right. Woo, that was a good one. Well, this, you know, could even be... Uh, it's not necessarily along the same lines, but I think it, it's it's public health, but I think it can help mentally as well, in a sense. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. So you were coming from the New York Times. I actually found an article through Rolling Stone, mm. and I never would have thought, but I came across... I they have great look. articles. And they do. Great. Tremendous they writers, do. amazing content. They do, y'all. Mm-hmm. I... So I know I've read New York Times articles. I love New York Times. Rolling Stones, apparently I've been sleeping on them. So y'all. Oh, yeah. I used to have out. a subscription when I was in high school Did to you? Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. They are. And I think some of the research they present on here has been really good um, because I came across this article not even looking for it. And this was written by um, a woman named Elizabeth Yuko. And she wrote an article called Racism Kills, Why Many Are Declaring It a Public Health Crisis. And so I said, okay, let's check this out. And it's very interesting because she goes into the story of a woman named Mary Gregory. And Mary Gregory went to school back in the 1950s, 1960s, African-American woman. And she actually was one of the first African-American or black nurses to graduate from St. Vincent's in 1951. 
So I thought that was just, first of all, amazing. That was in Toledo, Ohio. And so she tells a story about Mary, and she talks about how Mary worked a lot with the African-American community around her, and she did a lot with sickle cell work, and she actually ended up helping a lot of the people in her community get genetic testing and screenings and stuff like that for sickle cell. So um, what she would do is, while she went out in the community, once her, she had a daughter named Leslie Gregory, she would actually take her daughter with her out in the community. So then she got, you know, her involved in it and she just did tremendous work. Now, this next part, I actually didn't know about. I know we talk a lot about now the stress of racism, but I don't think many people knew that this fight started way before now. And this article was interesting because it goes into talking about Mary's daughter, Leslie. And Leslie ended up, because of the work that her mother did, she ended up becoming a PA herself. Mm. And yes, she ended up going to um, Ohio University. And she now works in Washington. I believe it's Seattle now. But Leslie actually ended up doing research when, when she was in Ohio over about her dad. So her father ended up dying of a heart attack at a young age, right? So hmm. Leslie decided, you know what, I'm going to do some research on this and write a paper about it. And she actually started talking about the impact of stress on the heart. And she went through that. And now she's in actually, excuse me, she's not in Seattle. She's in Portland, Oregon. Now she decided to start um, an organization. So she now is a director of what's called right to health. And what it does is it addresses the inequalities of health in the African-American community. Now this was founded in 2006. And this is actually the first time I'm hearing about this. I did not hmm. know she founded that organization. And so the main purpose of this organization, Right to Health, that Leslie started was, first of all, based on the research that, and the work that her mom did, how she saw that these disenfranchised communities were struggling with health issues. And so she started this and she actually started to petition the CDC and the NIH, so the National Institute of Health, to declare racism a public health crisis. She started back then. I had never known that. And what she did was she created a protocol based on her mother's original work. And the protocol she's talking about, when, you need to, when you're working with an organization like the Centers for Disease Control, there's a protocol that has to be met in order to declare something a public health crisis. And so what Leslie did is she took the research she had done and the research her mother had done and went through to match this protocol with what she has seen in these um, African-American community when it comes to racism and how that affects health and how that affects health care. And so she actually has petitioned these organizations. She's been doing it since then. She's petitioned these organizations to now look at the data that she's collected, match it with their protocol to get this declared, to get racism declared a public health crisis. And mm. so it, I thought that was just phenomenal. And she actually, it, it, now the article talks about just how this movement is gaining more traction because of the, you know, how George Floyd was murdered in the midst of COVID-19. And now people are starting to actually look at this now. They're paying attention now. 
And so it was just phenomenal work. And they talk about how because public health is on the top of most people's minds now, everybody is paying attention now. Everybody is listening. And one thing that Leslie said was important during this process is we have to make sure we use the language such as racism and crisis and, you know, a public health crisis. It's important to use that terminology to make sure we're looking at it accurately. And that was another thing she said. And so I thought that this was a very interesting article and you know, as I'm reading through it, I, I got to towards the part where she starts talking about the actions of the states. And this is amazing. This actually excited me. She said that several cities um, have already declared racism as a public health crisis. Yeah. And apparently in Ohio now, I did not know this, a bill has been introduced. And it's the first bill that's been introduced on this topic in Ohio. Mm. And so, and because she finally was able to declare, and again, people are now paying attention after all of these years, people, she was able to finally show that racism meets the four criteria that the CDC requires in order for something to be declared a public health problem. And so now you have states and counties looking at this information and the ball has been moving. And I just, I had to bring that article up because we've talked a lot on here, Joy, about, you know, just kind of everybody's stamina, momentum, and mental health right now because it really physical health too is all playing a part. And this is something that has been a problem for years. You know, we look at uh, minority health, African-Americans, Latin Americans, we look at health and we look at the higher rates of diabetes and these things. And scientists, you know, found out that yes, stress has a lot to do with a lot of these things and just making them worse. And when it comes to racial inequality in this country, it's been a problem. It's been a problem since it's been a problem. And finally, we're able to talk about the fact that yes, this is affecting people's health. When you are stressed out every day, when you're afraid to drive your car down the street every day, you know, this is a stress level. And you talked about cortisol. This is raising cortisol levels for people every day. Imagine mm-hmm. fight or flight mode every day. That's not mm-hmm. healthy in your body. And that causes heart disease. It can lead to diabetes, amongst other things. It's not just diet. And I think that mm-hmm. was so important for her to talk about. And so the fact that Elizabeth Yuko, the writer of this article, found this, you know, really, this is history. Mary Gregory started this back in the 50s and 60s, just fighting her way to become a nurse. And the fact that her daughter carried on this legacy and never stopped, and now we have the CDC and them paying attention, I I see that this is absolutely a step in the right direction, as late as it is. Um, And I think that it's going to help us improve the state of healthcare for African Americans and other minority groups. And so I just thought this was a phenomenal article, Joy. And I, I really think people should go and really just read all the details because it's amazing. It's amazing. It sounds uh, incredible. And it sounds like something that everybody uh, needs to read. Um, but when we start to talk about public health crisis Mm -hmm. we're talking about if we go back to Mm -hmm. the days of chattel slavery yep um black people were considered three-fifths of a person yep okay Mm. so if that's the case Mm -hmm. then that 
that that kind of thought pattern has trans i mean obviously scientists wrote articles back then Mm -hmm. um as doctors began to build practices and learn about medicine Mm -hmm. and how to treat people it came from back then it did and so there's been a lot of research there's been a lot you know since then but i mean even if we look at the tuskegee experiment we Mm -hmm. look at things that happen later Mm -hmm. there's always been a public health crisis and and at the root of a lot of of it has been prejudice stereotypes Mm -hmm. and racism absolutely um you know we tend to say well science doesn't have uh, that kind of bias, but it does. It does absolutely, and because we're human, mm-hmm. and humans have biases, humans have prejudice, and some humans are racist. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, then science has a way, particularly when science uh, and 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 research was not really being monitored as it is now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. People were able to get away with a lot. Mm-hmm, that's right. And so that being said, yeah, this, there's a public health crisis. Um, there's a it, it's been on all of our minds. It's the reason why, and I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast too. Well, there's a reason why a lot of people of color. Mm-hmm. black people latinos mm-hmm. um you know american indians mm-hmm. and uh, i mean so many do not trust the medical system yeah there's That's a reason right. why and we have to be honest about that it's mm-hmm. not this isn't a political statement it's truth yeah absolutely um that that people have have constantly been surveyed you know would you rather go to the doctor be treated at home Mm -hmm. you know for some people they'd rather see the the and and one of my favorite shows queen sugar shows Mm -hmm. us so well uh you know they'd rather see um the 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 really really strong herbalist down the street Mm -hmm. for some of the things that they're going through yeah. Then they would go to a hospital. Why? Because mm-hmm. they associate they associate hospitals with death. Yeah. Yeah. Or with weird treatments or with not being treated fairly. Perhaps yeah. grandma or uncle or grandpa or whomever uh went in and never came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or when they came out, came out in a body bag. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic is making it even more so because we're seeing who is dying yeah. from COVID. And I, I mean, there's to me, mm-hmm. there's no way, and I and I'm saying this just honestly, mm-hmm. there's no way um black men in their 40s should be dying from COVID. Absolutely. There's no way, there's no reason for black women in their 30s, 40s, even 20s to be dying from COVID. Yeah. But why? Why are there, you know, why, yeah, why are there such high rates? Well, you know, uh, while you may be able to tell some people to stay home, Mm -hmm. other people need to have a significant aggressive treatment plan why haven't they been treated aggressively 
Absolutely. We have to go back and look at the stereotypes, the prejudices, and the biases, and the fact that there was equipment that was Mm -hmm. not, that wasn't purchased, that wasn't able to get to the places it needed to go in Mm -hmm. enough time. Inner city hospitals, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, did not get what they needed in enough time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you have the whole testing. How can you go and get tested when the times you're supposed to be tested are the times you're supposed to be at work? Absolutely. Who is that affecting? Absolutely. Essential workers. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Let alone the the um, qualifications that have been placed around testing. Who can get tested, and when they right. can get tested? Which, in reality is another big issue because everybody should be tested. Everyone. Absolutely. And I think, I know CVS has been doing it on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is everywhere, but I know um, some of the CVS here, it doesn't matter who you are, you can drive up mm-hmm. and get tested now. Mm-hmm. Whereas you used to just have to have an appointment and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to make it mandatory. And, and, Absolutely. and I want to kind of dispel the myth that because we're doing more testing, the numbers are higher. No, that has nothing to do with anything. The numbers are higher because they're higher. Yeah. Because we have failed as a country to socially distance. We failed to wear masks and we failed the workers by not providing preventive measures within companies and organizations so that they can work in a safe and sanitized environment. We have failed. Absolutely. Now that that's my statement, take it to the bank, but that to me is a problem and, and we're failing ourselves, all of us, everybody. And so I just think that we need to start over. Yeah. And I don't know what it's going to take, but it Mm -hmm. takes, I think each and every one of us on an individual level and even in our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. can be the example Mm -hmm. by wearing masks. I I saw a lady today, I was getting a salad Mm -hmm. and I put my mask on and I noticed she didn't have her mask on. And I'm like, is this restaurant about to let her go up in here? Mm. And pick up her food without a mask. What does it say on the front door? Uh-huh. Mask must be worn. Uh-huh. Why wasn't she sent back out to put on a mask? Absolutely. And I and, and, and again, people are afraid to enforce. Mm. But I'm like, you you know, whatever it takes, you have got to at least make the recommendation. Hey, I see you co- are coming in, you know, without a mask. Please be mindful of other people. Absolutely. I mean, it's your life is at stake. There is no age limit or whatever for this virus and who it attacks and how it attacks them. That's that's another thing research is showing now. Um, So you can't look at someone and tell their genetics and how they're going to react to this virus. So really and truly your life is at stake. And, And I'm and this may be a harsh statement to say, Joy, but I look at it like this. If I'm standing in a restaurant or whatever, getting a burger, I don't care. And someone walks in with a gun to rob the place. Are you not going to try to get them out of there? Call the police, whatever you need to do. So if someone's walking in with no mask on, you have no idea if they're sick or what 
and guess what? They and may they not may have, not know. They they may not know they're sick. And guess mm-hmm. what? How, do you know how many people have contracted the illness and died because they were around someone who didn't know they were sick? You know, I mean, your life is still at stake. And so I that right there in itself um, is that's kind of how I look at it. I look at it as it is that serious, you know, because then yeah. you can take it home to your family and whomever else. And so. I agree. And I think that, you know, all of these points are important because we have, and I've seen articles posted about that really um, just, just being honest, like you said, like how we have failed as a country to control this thing. And the numbers are, I don't even look at it like the numbers are going up. People were sick and didn't know it. And now they're finding out. I mean, you know, they, they are. And so that means that there's no, (laughs) There's no contact tracing. No, they can't even do that at this point. It's like, well, <laughs> even though contact tracers are employ are, are are in high demand and are being employed, mm-hmm. and they have to pass a test and all this, but the contact tracers can't truly get no. to to figure out who are all the people no. that were touched by the individual with Absolutely. COVID. They just no. can't. Nope, there's they can't. That's and um, honestly, I think everybody should be. I think before you go back to work or school mm-hmm. or wherever, I think it should be mandatory tested. And I don't just mean no swab, I mean, um, um, blood the antibodies, yeah, right, yep, right, right. And I think that that's the new norm that's going to have <laughs> to be. Um, I don't know, I, I think the 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 racism part and making it, you know, the, the criteria and fitting it yeah. uh, in, I think that that's very important because yeah. there is a lot of illness due to systemic racism, mm-hmm. due to stress regarding having to walk a fine line over such a long period of time. Absolutely. And that also has impacted how people's bodies have handled COVID. Absolutely. It has. So, yeah, I agree. I think mm-hmm. I think these these are really two good articles mm-hmm. that, you know, one looking at okay, what are my connections like during the pandemic and the other really looking at racism as a public health issue mm-hmm. and what work still needs to be done in many different areas mm-hmm. regarding uh racism and creating an environment that is conducive for anti-racism. Yes, that's right. And notice I didn't say, you know, to eliminate racism, but anti-racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, what What does that look like? And, and there are many different resources out there. Those of you who are interested and want to, um, to improve yourself, Mm-hmm. To improve your relationships. And I would caution you if your friends look, all your friends look exactly like you. Mm-hmm. I don't mean exactly, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would caution you to challenge yourself mm-hmm. and begin to diversify. That's right. And I don't just mean diversity in the way someone looks but also in thought Mm -hmm. diversity in thought Mm -hmm. um, diversity in 
you know, even where, where you've been, where, what your mindset is, where you work, you know, if all the people that you're around speak the same language, mm-hmm. you may want to diversify. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody right. should not look the same kind of, you know, where all your pictures, all we see mm. is people who look just like you. Yeah, that's important challenge yourself Mm. you know with that and and begin to reach toward others I don't mean physically right now okay (laughs) yeah but reach towards getting to know the stories of other people that's right so I think that that's really important yeah whether I'm reaching back to an old friend or I'm trying to educate someone on anti-racism and on what what it means to live as a black person in America mm-hmm. whatever it is there's an opportunity for us to build a bridge mm-hmm. and 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 so can we do that absolutely i think it's possible yeah it's possible i think we can do it in mental health i think in yeah. public health in whatever area that you're in mm-hmm. you can build a bridge Or you can destroy another one. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's a lot of destruction going on. Yeah. But let's build bridges instead. That's right. That's right. And I think that's a good challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So challenge yourself there. And this (laughs) has been your brain and body update. We hope you have enjoyed uh, this weekly update every Tuesday or at least every other depending on because we're in the summertime guys we're like in we're in chill mode so you know regardless we want to hear from you what's your research what are some things that you took away from this that you really uh, appreciate or want to work on leave us a message visit us at that wednesdaylife.com visit us on anchor.fm slash bold standards email us at challenge yourself at gmail.com Mm-hmm. You have tons of ways to get in contact with us. We have a blog. Did we mention that? Yes, like, we have I a mean, blog, with y'all. like 54 blogs. My, my. That you can read. And we're reading a book for the month of July by yes. Brianna Weist. We, we still don't know. I'm going to have to call her on the phone. <laughs> we'll get it together, it's called The Mountain Is You. And it's yes. all about self-sabotage and overcoming self-sabotage, which yes. I think is really important, too. Um, so the mountain is you Mm -hmm. and so that being said we're going to be reading that and we're going to have several opportunities this month to go live and have a book discussion so we want you to uh, visit that wednesdaylife.com sign up with us uh, connect with us so that we can get uh, your deets and get you involved in this book of the month that's right the mountain is you and i don't know about you but i love climbing the mountain and getting on the other side mm. and realizing that i made it I'm, there's something about making it and looking <laughs> back and saying wow did i do that there's something about the making it y'all Woo. yeah that's right. I made it. <laughs> so anyway, yes, this is this has been the Challenge Yourself podcast. Thank you so much for your continued you. support. Share with a friend, yes. and also leave us a review on Apple iTunes, yes. and know that we are everywhere. Share and let it be known that Challenge Yourself 
it like literally we've we've surpassed 70 episodes that's more than more than some people do in two years oh my okay? goodness wow guys so if you want to binge you can binge on us okay we binge love on it. some good stuff binge on the good stuff exactly right. all right well we're signing out see you all next time see ya Tune in to find out what happens next. Become a weird friend by joining our 24-7 community, featuring blogs, forums, and weekly inspiration. Start now by following Challenge.Courage on Instagram and Facebook. And email us your thoughts, comments, and questions at nofakersinfo at gmail.com. Ciao!